the B Word podcast, making a noise about bullying. Hello and welcome to the very first edition of the B Word podcast. And no, I can promise you it isn't about Brexit. We are talking all things bullying related. Now, bullying is a huge issue. It can affect everyone regardless of age. And not many people don't have experience of bullying or an opinion on bullying. Now, my name's Denise. And before I babble on any further, I really should tell you a little about myself and why this subject is something that I'm so passionate about. In my day job, I run a theatre company, Firehorse Productions, and we're a theatre and education company, taking live drama into primary schools right across the UK. And the primary message we deliver is the anti-bullying one, raising awareness, defining what bullying is, demonstrating the difference between falling out and bullying, and looking at bullying behaviour from all points of view, the target, the bully and the bystander. On top of this, last year I established a charity, Avon Arts. I'm based here in Port Albert, South Wales. Avon Arts produces films where the young people of our town can work alongside professional actors and crew. We've made two films, My Life is a Bully, aimed at primary school level, and most recently, Bees for Bully. It's a hard-hitting film that deals with the issue of cyberbullying. So, for over 25 years, I've been using the arts to try and make a difference. With me today, I have two very special guests. The first is Nia Trussler-Jones. Nia is a Swansea-based actress, and not only is Nia a fantastic actress, but she's a very good egg. I won't say how long I've known Nia, but I'll just say it was on one of the very first Firehorse tours. And I do remember there was great excitement on tour when her co-actress Amanda was given a pager. I'm delighted to be here and thank you, Denise, for not mentioning exactly how long we've known each other. (laughs) I'm also very pleased to introduce our other guest. And considering the other B word that's currently consuming the UK, we are very thankful for making the time to join us. It's Mr. Stephen Kinnock, MP for Aberavon and our local MP. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you very much. So near, as I said, bullying is an emotive subject and it's an emotive word. So can I ask you, have you ever experienced bullying? I've experienced bullying uh, firsthand, actually, yes, as a, as a very shy little girl. I experienced it in school. I missed a lot of schooling when I first went to secondary school because I was, I was quite ill as a child. So that immediately made me different from everyone else, made me stand out. You know, why isn't she here on certain days? So I became an easy target. And I think yeah. because I was so shy, I was an easy target as well. I didn't have the sort of experience to be able to stand up to them. And I was of that opinion that if I told my parents, there'd be a big fuss, which would make it worse. So I kept it in and just told a few close friends and who stood by me, you know, right through it all. It was an awful time, awful time. Um, and I wish I could tell my younger self mm-hmm. that these, this time will pass and it's okay you know there is a future after this yes yeah how did the bullying sort of manifest was it there was a lot of sort of name calling and things like Mm. that and and sort of laughing and it was quite hurtful at the time because I was quite sensitive little girl I think I've grown up a bit now and and looking back um, I think I've become the better person you know it's if I've moved on from there and obviously because I'm a lot older now 
I think we are members of the Anti-Bullying Alliance and they um, organise National Anti-Bullying Week uh, every year. And I think what I have learned is, as they say, they define bullying as an imbalance of power. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed you said that you were shy. And I think that can often be a trigger to being a target of bullying. Absolutely. And I think there is then a perceived in balance of power and would the bullies pick on someone who is loud and confident did the bullying just stop or did you actually do something about it i did do something about i think one day i had almost like a wake-up call and i thought right today's the day it ends today's the day i stand up to the bullies and i did it in front of everyone uh, as they had done to me you know for the last year or whatever and i can remember confronting them and belittling them and they never did it again Ever. Sort of giving them a taste of their own medicine. Absolutely, yeah. yes. yes. Um, I was going to ask you as well, have you, over the following years, have you actually ever seen any of the bullies who bullied you in school? I have, actually. Um, mm. I did bump into one of those. It was two, two boys, actually, oh, and, right, which yeah. is unusual. Yeah, it is, yeah. Up to a girl. Um, yeah. I did, and one actually messaged me once on on messenger and facebook yeah. to ask to say how sorry he was oh, and i thought no actually i i'm not going to let you have that redemption i just mm. so i totally ignored it i, did, I ignored yeah. it completely i thought it was best not to dig up old wounds yes that's right. yeah. um but yes i i have seen them since and face to face i've been quite pleasant and mm. uh, got my own back but they haven't seen your thought bubble yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, i think they might have actually <laughs> And Stephen, if I could ask you, you know, if I said that we're bullying to you, what immediately comes to mind? Yes, I think you do have memories of your childhood then. And um, I mean, I was in a very unusual situation because my father was a very well-known public figure. He was leader of the, he became leader of the Labour Party when I was 13. And um, I went, I was just at my local comprehensive school. So there weren't many kids at the school who had parents uh, who had that sort of profile well in fact there were none it was only me um and that does uh, as neil was saying then bullies tend to try to find something that singles you out and isolates you uh and then they'll try and pick you off you know and uh, there was some of that of course he there was a very famous program in the 1980s spitting image and uh one of the opening credits was uh, my father unfortunately falling over on the beach uh, at uh, Brighton at the party conference where he was actually elected leader and it was a so it was a, something it kind of gave people some material to tease me with yeah. um, I don't know if it really ever tipped over into bullying it didn't ever tip over into any kind of physical uh, confrontation but it did um, there, you know I definitely was targeted um, and I don't really know how I dealt with it. I, I never really confronted um, the people that were teasing me because um, it never quite felt like it was tipping over into a place where I wanted to take the risk of doing that uh, and, poss- and potentially then face the consequences of it. So it was more just growing a very, very thick skin, I think. And over the years, people got used to the fact that my dad was who he was and probably after a couple of years the novelty wore off a bit um i was fortunate as well to be a decent uh, football player so i i played in the school football team and that gave me a, over a year or two became really good friends with some of the 
some of the other guys in the team and I, I felt people had my back then so yeah, it was just a very unpleasant uh, feeling because you don't, you don't, you know, when you're a kid, you just want to fit in. That's right. You want to be yeah. like everybody else. So I got sort of singled out for that. But on the other hand, it did, it did, I think, toughen me up. And um, you do need a thick skin in politics. Yes, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's coming useful. For... It may have come in useful in the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a phrase that's used in the last few years is just banter. I do loathe that <laughs> phrase. I must admit, I think it is overused. And I suppose it stems from the old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Mm. And I think in our last film project, we actually looked at the impact of words and that they, though they may not physically hurt you, the, the derogatory uh, name calling and the uh, sort of negative behaviour towards oneself, it is sometimes very hard to, you know, to move on from it. And that, they, you know, words have a lasting impact and there's the, the power of words. I would agree with that. And, and sometimes words can be just as um, damaging as, as physical um, actions yes. um, but I, I think it's also what we're seeing as well now is, is the impact that social media is having yes I think pretty much every member of parliament that you speak with or indeed any elected representative assembly member in Cardiff or, or local councillors or um, we've certainly seen a massive increase in the amount of uh, abusive language that's being used uh, on Twitter in particular. Facebook has it as well, but Twitter seems to in particular become a kind of swamp really where huge numbers of trolls go to simply vent their anger. Uh, and also I think we're seeing an increase in the number of um, so-called bots. Yes, I heard someone say something very interesting last week in that social media is actually itself a teenager. And now we are actually learning how to cope with it. I think it will project to another 10 years. I think adults and children will actually have uh, more of a coping strategy for social media. Because mm-hmm. obviously, unfortunately, in the last couple of years, it, there has been a few young suicides uh, due to cyberbullying. And I can look back as now to someone over 50 when I mean now you look at your teenage years and a lot of teenagers you haven't developed empathy you haven't developed the impact the, the realization of the impact of your words and now I can look back and think yes well actually I do now know why I remember carrying... Like, I wasn't bullied by my peers. I was bullied in the final year in uh, primary school by my primary school teacher. Mm. And like I've said, that um, uh, growing up, I was very shy. But I grew... I was from a loving uh, family, had, you know, a support, a really unit, had lots of cousins, and we had... And I, I was very shy... 
And um, as I know now that bullying is an imbalance of power and you look back and I wouldn't say boo to a goose when I was a child. I was super polite. I was part of the drama set and going to elocution. And I, I, I had lovely relationships with my teachers for like the first five years of schooling. And then I walked into my um, uh, year six class and this teacher grabbed me by the arm and said, you sit here. And for the whole of the year, she picked on me in front of everyone else. And she humiliated me in front of people. And I never said a word to my parents ever. But I don't think that that was 1976. Mm. I actually don't think I'd heard of the word bullying. I never went home and said, I'm being bullied. But I was, now I look back on it. And yes, I was severely bullied. Mm. And like with my fire, our theatre work now, we work in primary schools all across Britain and children, you know, give you so much respect. And the importance of having a wonderful childhood is, I mean, it's, you, you know, you can't ever go back, you can't ever go back at it. I think, yes, actually, that was an imbalance of power. So, yes, yeah. I think that's sometimes our driving force to for our theatre work and mm. our film. And now I'd like to introduce a track that was written by a local songwriter and composer, Amelia Martin. And she composed the soundtrack for our latest film, B is for Bully. Thank you. 
back up Well darling you're flawed enough You must be some kind of dread To make you feel but you never feel better Just go and give up Cause I'm always gonna be And that was Amelia's track, and I think you'll agree with me, it was very powerful with some very moving uh, lyrics. Do you think that politicians are aware enough of the impact of the language they're using and the example they're setting? I don't think they are, and we certainly should have learned from the last three years at least, although I think it's been going on longer than that, but, you know, the Brexit referendum has turbocharged the level of uh, vitriol and abuse that we see and that social media has also accelerated it so you've got this perfect storm of a deeply divisive uh, political issue of brexit combined with social media which gives people such an opportunity to vent uh, and to bully online with no filters at all um, and there's a tremendous amount that needs to be done both in terms of politicians moderating their language and this is absolutely not a party political point where people just seem to all be as bad as each other compromise seems to have become a a dirty word Uh, and i think that has to stop and we've got to recognize that you need to have a robust political debate i think it's good in the chamber of the house of commons that there is a you know, we hold the government to account, the government pushes back, and we have a robust political debate. But let's keep it to policies and not to personalities. Yeah. And let's not talk about whether people are patriots or whether they're traitors, because that's a big problem. Because that's not saying I disagree with your policy, that's saying I don't like who you are, yeah, and you're playing this very nasty type of identity politics. Yeah. And that's where I think you tip over from a political debate into. Uh, personal abuse. I would also say that I think the social media companies are not doing anything like enough. And the first thing that they could do, I think, is make it obligatory for people to provide proof of identification uh, when they register a Twitter account, because you have these troll farms and bot factories, so-called. And I will often, if I put a tweet out, you will suddenly see a a wave coming back at you and then you start to look at the profiles and they're people who've got one or two followers with a completely made up name and it's not a person Uh, so there there is something really quick I think and relatively easy that the that the the social media companies could do which is to force everybody to register with a piece of identification before they can set up a Twitter account. Yeah definitely I think that is actually something that the anti-bullying alliance are taking to Twitter 
and Facebook. That's right. Yes, I know. Uh, I've been uh, looking at like I think trolling is defined as uh, deceptive and disruptive online behaviour. And I came across uh, a study from Stanford uh, University uh, this week, and I thought it was interesting. The researchers looked at the times that the worst comments were posted. And um, they found that most trolling comments were um, when people would usually be in a bad mood Sunday evening and Monday morning. And uh, they, said, uh, they did a survey on Twitter and it was from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. both on Sunday and Monday night that Twitter says that bullying is at its most severe so I think the anonymity of the internet, I think sometimes people hold it as a shield against what they're saying. And I think as it's demonstrated in our film, Beers for Bully, that they actually forget that they are actually speaking to a human being. And, and as, as Stephen said, there's no filter, it's out there immediately. Yeah. Even if you do have a, a, an ounce of, sort of regret, it's too late, you know, yeah, you can't do anything yeah. about it. And yeah, it, it, it's, I, I've never experienced it myself, you yeah. know, um, but... Yeah. Well, I think Avon Arts, we launched a crowdfunding um, uh, site uh, two years ago and we were just inundated with abuse and pornographic material. And we couldn't, and we were establishing uh, an anti-cyberbullying project and we were in it and we just couldn't, you just couldn't take your eye off social media. Yeah. So what they targeted Avanarts they targeted because of Avon, what they, you they, were they trying ta- to achieve. Yeah, they targeted Avanarts saying that we were never ever going to change anything. That oh. and we were pro- uh, that they, you know, actresses were ugly. And this <laughs> was, do you think it was local people? Doing there that? were local people involved. Yes, yeah, and I think like it was quite difficult um, establishing a business. But sometimes it's been quite difficult establishing a charity. People are questioning mm. your your motives for doing it. But yeah, it's like a sort of uh, road rage, isn't it? Because yes, if you yeah. if you think about people walking down the street, if they bump into each other. They're very polite and apologetic. But when you put people behind the wheel of a car, the horn is beeping and there's shouting and fury. And it's very similar, I think, when you put people behind uh, a keyboard, they suddenly become angry and and vicious. And there's obviously something in the human psyche which uh, allows the nasty side of people to come out when you don't actually have that human contact. Um, so there's, I, there's something there, I think, about trying to persuade people that they should behave the same way online as they would if they were face-to-face That's with right. I think as I'm getting older, I'm turning more and more into my mum. <laughs> and it is going back to basics, despite all this technology, in that uh, speak to someone to their face, uh, you know, speak to someone, you only behave online as you would to someone else. I mean, I've looked at... Uh, social, you know, local social media, and I've seen the abuse that Stephen gets, and I often think, well, if he, they were standing in the station road talking to you, would they say that to you? No, they wouldn't. No. Yeah, no, they'd be they, nice as pie. The difficulty is, um, as Nia was saying, is once it's out there, you can't row back from it, and then you have escalation. So, I'll be absolutely honest. I sometimes some of the abuse that I receive. I am often very tempted to go back even harder than what's come to me. And then I have to stop myself and say, well, that's 
precisely what yeah. a lot of these trolls want you yeah, to do. Yeah, that's right. So I, I do think that there's something about dealing with bullying online which is about rising above it. And if you are going to respond, r- respond in a way that is noble, not vicious. Yes, that's right. And I think, yeah. expose people for what they are, which is, you know, it's so easy to be cynical. It's so easy to criticize. Often you just, if you respond saying, well, what's your plan? What, yeah. What's your suggestion? Right. You know, let's, let's hear it. Let's have a, a proper debate about it rather than just hurling abuse at each other. Yeah, and that sometimes works as a kind of, um, exposing the fact that they're just there in a negative, with a negative message, with nothing positive or constructive to uh, offer. Yeah, and I think sometimes people just enjoy causing discord, and the attention the trolling gets, as you said, can amplify it. Yeah, I think that's right, and um, I think some people just want to go into the house and tear up the furniture and smash the windows, and that is that. that in many ways, you think I think it's people who people do have quite structured lives where you 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 know you go to work you come home you make the dinner you watch the telly you go to bed you go you do the same day after day social media i think has often become this kind of wild west where people can go out and suddenly break all the rules i know it's a an emotive subject uh so i'd really like to thank nia for coming along today my pleasure and sharing your experiences and I look forward to working with you on our next film. (laughs) I look forward to it myself. (laughs) (laughs) And again, thank you, Stephen, for coming along today and making the time for this local uh, charity, uh, especially with everything that's going on at the moment. Thank you very much for the opportunity and the work you're doing is so important. Uh, The films that you've produced, um, the other way that you use drama and other ways of communicating with young people, it's so important and I think it's vital that you do get to these people when they're young because that's when we can shape their behaviour and perhaps ensure that they don't become the trolls and the cyber bullies of the future. Uh, so I, I really do congratulate you on the excellent work you're doing. One of the reasons that you know, I invited you along today is I think people need to realise that the local MP is a human being with a family and thoughts and feelings and I think a little respect can go a long way. Thank you very much. Yeah, and yeah, well, and respect is a two-way street, <laughs> yes, of course. Right, and yeah. if we show each other respect, yeah. uh, it becomes a virtuous cycle. We really hope that you've enjoyed listening to the very first The B Word podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review to keep you informed of episode two. But please remember, no trolling. You can share and you can also visit our website, avanarts.com where we'd love you to share your stories with us. And why not follow us on Twitter at arts underscore Avon or Facebook at AvonArts1. So goodbye for now, or as I say in these parts, hoil vow, and that's Welsh for goodbye. Thanks for listening. The B Word Podcast. Making a noise about bullying. This podcast was produced... By Buffoon Media.